Welcome to Old Providence, where things used to be and sometimes still are. I'm Maureen Taylor, curator and creator of oldpvd.com, a georeferencing and crowdsourcing site where you can plot your history and the story of Providence on a series of historical maps. In my other life, I'm known as the photo detective for my work revealing family history in photographs and interpreting visual history. I've had a lifelong love of Rhode Island's capital city. Whether you've recently moved here, visited on vacation, or have a deep connection to the area, you can add images and stories to oldpvd.com. It's free. Anyone can participate. My dream is for a collective sharing of the changes to the city. It is ever-changing, and never more so than right now. For what is here today could easily be gone tomorrow, resigned to Old Providence. The stories of these places and people are part of our everyday lives, or those of our ancestors. My guest today is Max Mendoza. He is the general manager of Chalongos, one of my favorite restaurants, and this one is up on Manton Avenue. Max, thank you for joining me for the Old PVD podcast. No, thank you, Maureen. It's a pleasure. I'm excited. So, Max, you know, I, as you know, I love your restaurant, I take out on a regular basis. What can you tell me about the history of your restaurant? How long have you been in business and who started it? Things like that. Yeah, so my family is originally from Mexico City and restaurants and taco stands and retail stores have always been a part of our family history down in Mexico. And then when my grandfather made a move in the early 90s to uh, the U.S., he settled here in Providence in 91. He was um, a taquero, which is just to translate to a taco guy in, in English. He worked at a bunch of different taco stands in Mexico City for many years, and he wanted to continue doing that here so once he settled down my uncle Carlos followed which is his oldest son and between the both of them they worked for a couple years saved enough money to buy a little um, food truck and in 95 we started selling the family started selling tacos over uh Indian Point Park they were there would be a Sunday Mexican league over there soccer league you know all the Spanish people that were in the community then would gather there every Sunday and we were the only food truck in the city at the time doing tacos so on the weekends over there and that's how we kind of got the word out in the early years in the mid 90s and it was it was a lot of fun they, we did that for a few years and then in 2001, the opportunity came up to buy 447 Manton Ave, where we are now, and you know the rest is history. So we were there. We've been open at our current location for 20 years now. Wow, that's and it's been a lot of fun. That's quite an achievement. Yeah, n- n- not every business 
makes it that long. And certainly during the times in which we're living, there's a restaurant clothing, closing, it seems like every, every day. Uh, yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been a fun ride. You know, we've had to adapt over the years, change different things. You know, we're always innovating and trying new things on the menu just to keep it interesting for our customers. But we stick at the same time, we stick to our roots and, and it is like our Mexican street food is what people come in for us. So we're, we're glad to still have a loyal customer base with us all these years. So what would you sell from the food truck versus what you sell now in the restaurant? Yeah, well, obviously, the, the, back then, it was just mostly tacos. We would have eight different meats on the food truck, and it was strictly tacos, quesadillas, and tortas, which is the Mexican sandwich on the bolillo. So just those three items was the only stuff we were doing on the food truck, just because, obviously, the space is tighter, obviously, on a food truck, and we just wanted to pump out good food and, and quick food at that time and then once we made the transition to a, a restaurant obviously it opened up the doors to do more try different things and do more traditional dishes that we grew up eating in the family it, it gave us an, a different opportunity and so where did all the recipes come from uh so those you know a lot of the menu the most of the menu is the moles all the salsas are family recipes from my grandfather that then my mom who's the chef at the restaurant Patricia is Carlos's sister so between the three of them in the early years when we opened up those were the main people in the kitchen perfecting the recipes and and what my my grandfather was cooking for many years so they learned it and my mom perfected it and a lot of the stuff that our customers are eating is are dishes that we all grew up eating in the family and and a lot of the dishes that you'll find when you get to travel to Mexico and, and try some real authentic food. So you mentioned your family was from Mexico City and that your grandfather yeah. immigrated in the early 90s. So in Mexico, did he have a restaurant or a food truck or was this an improvisation no, no, by him? No, he never had he never he never had his own restaurant or shop, but he was always working with the at some of the best food stands in Mexico City, the most popular ones, and Reforma and Polanco, all in the, the city, right in Mexico City. Just people wanting to visit the taco stands, and he'd he'd be the one working there, and that's mm -hmm. where he found the love for service and and just putting out some good food and. And it, it trickled down to the rest of the, the family, all my uncles and aunts, and they all learned how to cook. And that's what, you know, Colombo's was born when he moved here, you know. So during the pandemic, which was difficult for many restaurants and so many, as I mentioned, have closed, you at Chilongos did something really wonderful, which is where you extended your outdoor dining or actually created outdoor dining. And then added this beautiful little room out on the side of your building. How did all of that come about? When this whole, when the whole COVID thing hit, obviously it was unexpected, and you know most businesses had to reinvent themselves and and think of different ideas to have you know people come in and feel comfortable. So during the time when it was strictly only takeout, we had 
somebody come in and design a enclosed patio that had enough ventilation where there was just airflow and people being able that would be able to feel comfortable to come in and eat and we had a lot of fun with it it's uh really beautiful out there we had maddie dennis who really cute story she's been coming in with her family since she was 10 years old at the restaurant and then she recently graduated from RISD a few years ago and we hired her to come out and uh, do a beautiful mural of all these um plants and flowers that grow in Mexico all so she did her research and she had fun with it and it's painted all on the side of the patio and then the roof is enclosed and we have the heaters obviously now for the winter time coming so it's a really nice, safe, and comfortable place where people can still come and enjoy some good food and drinks, and you know, and we're just we we're there to deliver good food and and good service, and we're having fun. And and it's a beautiful spot. The patio, you know, the patio. Uh, we we had we, you know, we mixed it up with the furniture, the old Corona tables, the Euro Bistro chairs. It feels really almost like you're in Oaxaca, Mexico. It's nice. It's a good feeling out there. Yeah, it does. It does have a good feeling. So Max, what's your favorite item on the menu? My favorite item, I would say bien moladas, but at the end of the day, I'm a big taco guy. Our tacos are street size. They're two, three bites each taco. So, and we have now about 10 different tacos people can choose from for the fillings and i i mean i'm a big guy so i i usually take down like eight different tacos at one time and (laughs) it's just like i just love it it's pure you know it's the tortilla it's the flavor of the meat and then so simple with just like a nice little salsa verde on top a little cilantro a little onion and and it's just like you know that's what Mexico is, you know, that, that that's what you'll find on the streets, some good tacos, and, and we're able to deliver that here. So that that's I always find my way going back to just eating tacos. Really. And good guacamole. Yeah, you, you can't, yeah, you, a little side of guacamole with some chips and salsa. I think like that to me is like the perfect little meal for me. So well, that's I, what I'll do. I love the fact that you're gluten-free. Yeah, we, we, you know, we have different options for people on the menu. You know, it's weird. Like now, nowadays we've seen a shift and a lot of, you know, a lot of people that come in the restaurant, they're like, oh, we're vegan, you know, and we're gluten-free or, you know, blah, blah, all these different allergies. But, you know, it's so like Mexican food is so like, it's unintentionally could be vegan too. Like it's so like you not even think, like not even thinking about it. Some of the dishes I grew up eating are like totally vegan or like totally vegetarian or gluten-free, you know, it's like, it's just so, you know, it's very simple. Like, I think people think like Mexican food is just like cheese and tortillas and meat, you know, it's like so much more. And we offer so much, you know, a bunch of plates for the people to come and enjoy whatever allergies they may have. They're still getting a good meal. I think so. So when your grandfather opened the business in Providence, you mentioned that his was the only real food truck down on India Point for the soccer games. Do you have yeah. any sense of what the food situation was for like Mexican food in Providence in the nineties versus there, now? There was no, yeah, we were, we were definitely one of the few 
Mexican food truck slash restaurants in Rhode Island. Like, I mean, I know Hope Street, there's uh, Tortilla Flats. I mean, they've been open since the mid-'80s. And there there was um, one other Mexican restaurant that opened up in the early 2000s. Might have been like 2002, 2003 over uh, near South Water Street. I forget the name of that, but you know we were we were one of the oh and the tortillas store on Academy had like a little taco shop inside. So yeah, we were definitely one of the between in the group of like two or three actually places where you can get Mexican food at, in Providence at that time. It was awesome to be part of that and to now see the food scene here growing in Providence is awesome. And there's a lot of other great Mexican restaurants in the city. So if I were to ask you what your plans were for like the next five years, because I can't see you going anywhere for the next five years. I mean, what do you have in mind? I think, you know, we're, we, we like where we are. We have, a, like I said, we have a great following with a loyal customer base that enjoy to coming in and, and, having a nice meal you know we're always we're always running specials on fridays and saturdays so if you come if anyone comes in during those days they'll always find two or two or three different items on the menu that we're trying out and just experimenting with different ingredients and playing around with fun fun dishes so people are always on the lookout for that i would love to or maybe move to another part of the city but i mean we you know that's really have to sit down and make a plan for that. I really do uh, want to expand outside of the state too, to, to a different city. I, I've had Portland, Maine on the radar for a little bit. It's a great food scene over there up north and be able, if we were able to do what we're doing here up there, that'd be really, really cool and awesome to, to spread the word of some good Mexican food would be mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, you've got some steep competition at the moment in Providence. Yeah, I mean, it's great. I mean, there's, there's a, I can't name them all, but there's a lot of great spots where people can go and enjoy some good Mexican food for sure. But I think they should check out Chilangos. <laughs> yeah. When your grandfather talked about starting the business, I mean, what was his dream to move from the food truck to a stable restaurant location i mean the food yeah. truck had to be fun yeah that that was yeah that was um that was the plan after like the first year of doing a full year of the food truck service and we started to gather momentum and we just kept saving some money until something a, a spot opened up where we were able to go in and, and build the restaurant and just it gave it opened up the doors for or for more family members to come in and join and and help us hit the ground running and it's been like I said we're you know we've we've had a lot of fun and I mean you're in a good location what's what was the neighborhood like like 20 years ago yeah that was that was a time where it was that neighborhood of Oneyville slash Mount Pleasant was it was an old neighborhood. It was very, very Italian. There was a lot of Italians there, a lot of Polish. But right, that, but it was also hitting a time where it was transitioning. There was a lot of Lion families moving into the neighborhood. There's a, there's a big Guatemalan community there, Puerto Ricans. So just to be part of that 
movement and being able to have a business right in that part of the city it feels cool too it felt felt right at the time too in that neighborhood to kind of help it out a little bit and we've had workers from all all types from the neighborhood come in and we give them the opportunity to come in and work and and earn a, a living it's been fun mm-hmm. yeah it's a great neighborhood it's interesting our hours aren't too bad it's Four to nine. So if you, you can still come in and enjoy an early dinner if you'd like, or you can still catch a, a little late night bite around eight o'clock. Max, I want to thank you so much for being on the old PVD podcast. This is part of a series. I'm focusing on businesses in Providence that have been here for more than or around 20 years. So thank you so much. Yes. Thank you, Maureen. It was a lot of fun, and thank you for all the support throughout the years. Thanks to the Rhode Island-based band The Box Hunters for use of their track Bells of Providence and Trip to Pawtucket off their album Fresh from the Board, Music from the Ocean State Songster, Volume 1. <laughs>